Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Scottish Liberty Podcast with me, Anthony Samroff, Tom, Tom Laird, and uh, today we've got a special guest, my friend Finn Townsley. Hi. He is going to school us on why we shouldn't be for Brexit and he's going to teach us why we should change to be Remain voters. Um, so I guess uh, before we get started, and uh, I was just wondering, what is the criteria for you changing your opinion on this conversation? What would have to be true for you to favour Brexit? Good question. Um, some data would be nice for a start. I mean, I don't know if anybody's followed the debate in general, but it's almost all personality over substance in any right. of the media. Finding any hard fact has been nearly impossible for me. Um, some kind of promises about what would actually happen if we left as well, like any vague idea of what the plan is, that, that would help. Um, things like that, essentially. Yeah, basically anything vaguely concrete something, on the subject. Something kind of practical. Yeah, basically. I mean, all I've heard is high-minded rhetoric about it the entire time. That's all the debate is. Also, people like Boris Johnson saying Hitler would have voted to leave, no, to stay, which, I mean, who cares? Captain Birdseye might have voted to stay as well. I, I don't give a shit. Right, okay. Uh, and I guess my, my the first question I had was, not long ago, we were in the pub discussing the Scottish independence referendum, and you were telling me, wouldn't it be so much better if the government was local and uh, whatever whatever kind of political stroke you were from? So for me, I'm just trying to understand why that's different, why you were so far... That's a valid question, why I was a yes voter, but still pro-remaining in the EU. I know on paper that sounds like it makes no sense, uh, obviously. I would say it seems to make no sense to me, but... Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, It's a question I get asked a lot, to be honest. Um, Incidentally, as a side note, my stance on independence hasn't changed. (laughs) If there is ever another referendum, I'm still going to be quite heavily in the yes camp uh, to leaving the UK. I think it comes down to two things. One... The UK government in its structure, in its culture, in the way it's elected, the way it's controlled, and most importantly the way the populace think about it, which is something that's much harder to change, has been and continues to be an inherently destructive institution, whereas Europe is, I'll outright admit I think this, Europe's kind of terrible, it's not a great thing, but it's also a bit more mutable, a bit more culturally changeable, Um, It has less control over things than the UK government itself does. Uh, The reason I was pro-yes is because, well, yeah, I wanted government to be on a smaller scale, to be able to have a bit more say over what was happening to me, uh, for it to be a bit more direct to people. I know the EU seems like the opposite of that, but the EU isn't a government in the same way that the UK government is, if you know what I mean. I don't know what you mean. In what way is it not a government? Don't, oh. don't 50% of our laws come from the EU now? That, that's a contestable statistic. Uh, it depends on which sphere you're talking about, which laws you mean. A chunk of our laws do come from the EU, admittedly, but they're not like laws that are set in stone the same way a constitutional law would be. They're laws that the Parliament could decide not to follow comes with massive trade problems and massive economic problems for the government decides not to do it, but the EU doesn't have jurisdiction that kind of way. Um, well, what I've noticed that's really 
pissed me off a number of times is you'll be watching Question Time and, or something like that and a politician or an audience member will say, why don't we just pass this law or that law and someone on the panel be, will be like, well, we couldn't do that because that would fly in the face of EU regulations. And I'm like, why, why have we lost the ability to make our own laws? You know, why can't we pass a law because it would fly in the face of EU regulations? And if that is the case, why don't we just accept the EU as our government and devolve completely to the EU? Because if their laws take precedence over our laws, they're de facto our government. It's devolving to a larger power that way, not kind of how World War One started. Well, I'm not saying that I'd be in favour of that. What I'm saying is, why have we lost the ability to write our own laws? Um, it depends. It depends which laws you're talking about. Um, largely, at least from my observation of it, I, I'm not going to say this is absolute fact, but it's largely because in a globalised world, a lot more. Uh, intercommunication has to go on between different foreign countries whereas once upon a time you could be self-sufficient these days the UK is not and will not be self-sufficient in the modern world it's not possible um, so the EU does gain a bit of control that way um, it does write certain laws they're usually about labor rights and stuff like that um, they're not laws I particularly dislike to be honest which may obviously gives me a slightly different opinion of it mm. um, but yeah, it controls things on that kind of sphere, admittedly. But there's a lot of laws, say, like drug legalization, things like that, a lot of social policies, whether you want gay marriage or not. EU has nothing to do with. It couldn't care less. Hence how both Turkey and uh, Holland can be members. Do you want to...? Uh, well, first of all, I would, I would probably agree from the, the get-go that the, the standard of debate so far in the, the public sphere has been pretty grim. Mm. And it's it's not... It seems to be a never-ending uh, succession of economic theory and scare stories, and it's it's not been an entirely grown-up debate. What I'm interested in is, I mean, obviously, like yourself, I'm a, a I was a yes voter. Now, the reason, the, the the question, if you can cast your mind back, the question that was asked uh, during that that election was, and correct me if I'm wrong, the question was. Do you think Scotland should be, or yeah? Do you think Scotland should be an independent country? Yeah. My answer to that was yes. Taking it, your answer to that was yes. Yeah, that was. But and yet, there is no such thing within the European Union as a sovereign, independent nation. You cede sovereign away, sovereignty away, in order to gain, or what you think you might gain from being part of a greater economic union. So, it's, I suppose it's a valid position to think that that's a good idea, but I don't know how you could possibly get away with dressing it up as independence and calling it independence. Why Why did they do that? Why did the SNP do that, do you think? It's a valid question as well. Um, to be honest, I always saw it as independence from the UK, not independence from the entire world, if that makes any sense. Okay. I mean, an independent Scotland would also, I suppose, have the uh, opportunity to for lack of a better term, because this is the way it was put all of the time and is, be Norway. Incidentally, as a side note, I'm just going to say this to the entire world, please, in any kind of debate about a country, stop just going, can we please be Norway? Norway's nice, just stop demanding to be Norway. 
well, I think the Scottish notional. I think this. Well, I think the Scottish National Party decided to stop using the Norwegian model a long time ago because it didn't. It really didn't start. It really didn't fit with what it, it wanted to do. And I think more recently they've started to. Uh, Sorry, certainly the Scottish National Party have started to use Sweden as their model. Uh, on, that is, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. On, on, the, on the leave side, yeah, you're probably right, they have used Norway a couple of times, but most people, I think, now are using the Swiss model. But I, I, I think bro, probably in both instances, I think you're right. Why bother with these comparisons when, when it's just a matter of, look, a, a straight matter of do you think Scotland can do it on its own, yeah. or do you think it needs to be part of a of a greater union? Just because there is there is no reason that just because Norway can do it and just because Switzerland can do it, we can do it as well. But I also think there's no reason why we we can't do it. No, no, totally. I've just my major point with that one was it was an irrelevant thing to bring up. Yeah, um, it wasn't the question. The question wasn't can we be Norway. Mm. The question was should we be independent. Yeah, um, which as I said before, I was very very for. Okay, um, I think from the whole why is one but, union but, but, the other sorry. thing yeah. uh, it depends which union you're talking about really. right. okay. um, I view the EU as a slightly less terrible institution than the UK uh, but okay uh, just exploring, sure. exploring that for a moment I mean we have our own parliament here in Scotland for better for worse mm. it makes laws or rather, it tries to the S <laughs> the S yeah the S N the S N P for example uh, decided that they were going to put uh, a minimum price on alcohol. Now they're the elected government. Whether I like them or not, That's they, true. They, they were put in power. They decided to make that a law. I disagree with it. The the E U overturned it and said it was illegal under their regulations. Uh, and you go well, well, well. What's what's the point? What's the point of electing our own government to make laws? And then, no, don't get me wrong. I'm glad the EU overturned yeah. it. Uh, That's I thought, I thought it was. A, I thought it was. A, yeah, I thought it yeah. was a stupid idea. Oh, it was a terrible yeah. idea. Yeah. I don't know. Eighty percent of the SNP's ideas seem to be anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, good, good. We can agree on that. At least. Yeah. At least well, we if we're doing the debate about the whole, uh, what is it called again? Legal guardian thing. Uh, Not named person. person. Yeah. Named person. We're just going to end up loudly agreeing for an hour. Yeah. Because so. that's awful on all <laughs> levels. <laughs> Well, we can come back to that on another show and maybe we can have you on for that, right? What bothers me about the EU, well, I could say a lot of things, but largely what bothers me is it started out as the European Economic Community. Mm. It didn't have loads of powers, it had a little bit of power, and its policies from the get-go were an absolute environmental disaster. They agreed to just buy any farming produce that whether people needed it or not and as a consequence like 90% of the hedgerows in this country were pulled up we lost wetlands we lost lowland heath and this was happening all over Europe they overproduced so much food that it you know there was these grain stacks and then they said I know let's send it to the third world dump the 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 food in the third world creating a glut and then destroying their local economies. Right, that was just the that was just at the inception of this, um, and the set in the inception of this. Since then, well, that's not really over because there's still sixty percent of the EU budget goes to subsidising farmers and fisheries, and it's first of all we need to admit a lower standard of living because we can't import food 
easily from outside without putting tariffs on it, but it's terrible for the third world as well, because we should be buying our food from the poorest countries in the world and sending them our money in order to help their, de their economies develop. Uh, kind of straight from my original point, which is that this is an organization that isn't going to stay at the same size and the same amount of power that it is now. It's going to get more powerful. It's going to become bigger. And 20, 30 years from now, we don't know. Right now, people support the... A lot of people support it in Scotland out of expediency. They're saying, well, it's acting as a bulwark against the Tories. Yeah. But as it continues to grow in power, we don't know who's going to be in charge of the EU 20 or 30 years from now. And I think it's very concerning to me as something that started out as the European economic community and has grown into a government that overrules the laws of member states. When Where is this going? It's not going to be EU as it is just now in 30 years. And uh, why do you trust such a, a, a low, uh, a big concentration of power as a sort of like, you know, liberal minded person? Well, so, I mean, just, just to recap quickly, your essential fear is the eventual creation of, for lack of a better name, the United States of Europe. I, I mean, a United States of Europe run on minarchistic principles, you know, a minimal government for all of Europe, that would be preferable to me. Mm. But it's not the size of jurisdiction that bothers me. Oh, it's the, it's the of concentration power. of power. Okay. Uh, um, and and to, sorry, and to sort of expand on that, you know, do you know who what the British commissioner's name is? Did you vote for him? Do you know who the five presidents are? <laughs> I'm pretty know? sure our EMP is not EMP. No, no, our MEP. commissioner, our commissioner. Who? Well, that's the point. We've got MEPs. We've got commissioners. There's five presidents. No one fucking understands this institution. You know, it's did well, it's anyone because it conglomerated it's, rather yeah. than was actually planned out. Sorry. Anyway, I'll give you the chance to respond to my case because I'm interested in what you have to say. Um, I do look. I actually think that is a valid argument for the Leave camp. That where is the EU going in mm. the long run? My counterpoint would be, that's a thing to consider 20 years from now. We don't know mm. where it's going. It could equally collapse under its own weight. It could become that's more minarchistic as time goes on. In fact, there's a lot of arguments to say that's probably the way things would go, because trying to control an institution of that size is going to become near impossible. And Europe has a long history with empires that fell under their own weight. It, it's basically, you know, Europe's bread and butter doing that. Uh, if we haven't collectively learned from that mistake by now, then okay, fair enough. We'll do Rome again. That could be fun, I suppose. Rome, Rome, totally in for the last of, days. The collapse um, of Rome with iPads, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. The last days of Rome, but more digital. You know, instead of hookers on the streets, just everybody has Tinder. I don't know, something along those lines. Um, can I can I ask something here? Just actually, both of you, because I mean, I'm, I'm slightly older than uh, than you guys. Um, and I hear a lot, the, the thing that I continually hear is like, there's this chasm between young people and older people, and older people tend to want to vote leave, and younger people tend to want to remain. What's your own experiences in terms of, what, you know, what, what are you hearing, what, what's the word on the street? Yeah, you know, when, if anybody that you meet, I mean, you, you meet a lot of people in the course of your work, fam. That's true, actually, yeah. Yeah. and so, Brexit comes up a lot, Okay. To be and, honest. And, uh, is it true that younger people d tend to want to remain? If it's true, 
why is that? What's your general feeling that, that why they want to do it? Is it a perception that somehow the 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 the, the leave campaign is this kind of stuffy uh, cravat wearing blazer wearing bunch of major misunderstandings that don't like foreigners? Or are you, <laughs> what, what's what, what what do you think? I think there's certainly an element of that. Um, I have noticed an age disparity. In fact, there is more. It's more older people on the side of leave. Um, I think one of the issues is there's a lot of people in the leave camp for the wrong reasons. Um, I mean, I'm assuming you two aren't for leave because damn foreigners, how dare they do all the foreigner things? Or no. Words no, to that effect. No. Yeah. Cool. Not primarily, at least. No. <laughs> I mean, I mean we've, we've, we've d- discussed uh, Brex uh, a couple of times on our show, but we've not really talked about the immigration aspect of it maybe we can come no, back because, well, because I to think personally I it's think it's a important. distraction I don't really yeah. think it's the important no, point neither do I. there's a lot of people on the leave side hammering that point and it's I think well, see, it's off putting to, to honest, those in the remain one of the re- reasons I'm in the remain camp is that the leave camp seems really really pro leaving the open borders zone um, I could cope with leaving the EU provided we kept the open borders zone but well okay I mean even within, right, you're talking, there's kind of two separate issues there. I mean, there's immigration in, in a general sense, and then there's immigration from the from the EU. But I think what, certainly what Farage and guys like him are talking about is, instead of the, the, the current system, uh, still encouraging uh, immigration because it, it, it's it's an integral part of an economy. Oh, certainly. Yeah. But, well, how else do but, you cover for labour shortages? Well, right? yeah, but... but Rather than doing it through the current system, we'd be able would have a far greater choice of where we could uh, we could bring uh, immigrants in from. We could bring immigrants in from our former Commonwealth countries that we can't do at the moment, uh, where there are people who also need work and need to you know you need to get to get across borders. So I don't think. We need. I don't think that that's this idea that suddenly border fences will go up again and and we'll we'll, be, we'll start deporting people. I think that's a scare tactic. I think we're, we're what Farage certainly is talking about is an Australian system based on like points, mm. so that you can at least personally we pick and choose. Pro the New Zealand system of doing things rather okay. than anything. But I'm not I, familiar I with like that. New Zealand in general, but please go on. Well, New Zealand system. But one, New Zealand is quite hard to be a citizen of. To be fair. But okay. they basically yearly print a list of we need people to do these things, right. and then they get to go there. Yeah, right. it's, it's quite a simple model. It's basically we want this kind of folk, kind of like a job interview, to be honest. Just yeah, citizenship. Um, I like if we could import people from the former Commonwealth countries. If that was the way I saw Brexit going, mm-hmm. then I might be more in support of it. It's just from sort of the word on the street from your sort of average leave voter. Uh, it seems to be far more of um, an isolationist kind of principle, at least from what I hear from the people I've talked to. And an isolationist victory for Brexit is different from leaving it for different reasons. The problem I have with it is why people are voting, not what they're voting so much. So you basically think some people are just sort of discriminatory, are doing it on xenophobic... Basically, yeah. Um, there's a big element of the Leave campaign which is based around xenophobia, which I'm not comfortable with. Right. Well, what I would say is, I don't... For me, this has come up on a Facebook debate, and for me it's not that much of a concern, because supposing we vote out, yeah, these people who are a bit more xenophobic, and that's why they voted Leave, are still going to be around, 
but so are all the yes voter. Uh, sorry, so are all the Remain voters still going to be around. It's not just because you know the bigots happen to be on the side that won um, that suddenly the whole country en masse becomes bigoted and falls in their footsteps. There's still going to be the rest of the opinions in society sort of counterbalance that. That is true. It, I, my worry is who gets listened to more okay. than anything. Nobody's opinion is going to go away. People will still think things after it. I mean, hell, I'm still a yes voter even though Scotland didn't go independent. I'm still on the side of that. That's not going to change. But it's it comes down to the, the voice that's recognised as being the voice of the people, if you know what I mean. Um, if, like, if the Remain camp wins based around xenophobia, no, sorry, the Leave camp wins uh, based around xenophobia, then the powers that be will put, pay way more attention to xenophobia in the future. Um, mm. it, will, it goes down that kind of line. They'll listen to the loudest xenophobic voice rather than just the loudest voice in general, because from their experience of trying to get elected over and over again, apparently right. xenophobia is a winning tactic, it goes on that kind of way. Okay, so you, 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 you take it that after, if a, a Brexit vote came through, um, the government or the, whoever is incumbent would take that as a green light that people generally dislike immigration and we should we should reduce it and they, they would take it as a green light to, I don't know, be nasty to immigrants in general. I would think so, to be honest. Um, bear in mind, this is from my experience of talking to people in general. I don't think I've seen any official poll based on how racist are you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Somebody should do that. It's one of the average level of racism. Um, the racist mean. Oh, what, a non, zero to ten or zero to five yeah, scale? Yeah, strongly agrees. Strongly yeah, disagree. yeah, okay, right. Um, um, what is the right amount of racism for a nation? What's a workable You know, because everything, everything is, of course, an, uh, this is what you get when, you know, you're a libertarian. People say, say, but isn't there just, you know, the right amount of government? And it's like, isn't there the right amount of arsenic in your tea? Do you know what I mean? Isn't there the right amount of, oh, you're such an extremist. Oh. You believe in the non-aggression principle. It's like, oh yeah, you're such an extremist. Do you think the ideal number of rapes is zero? Like, surely there's a a, a middle ground. It reminds you know? me of that quote from the previous pope: uh, "We have to bring paedophilia in the Catholic Church to acceptable levels." Oh, <laughs> I always man. loved that phrase. Like, okay, what oh, what is man. your acceptable level? Because if it's not zero, then you're wrong. <laughs> Oh, that's so bad. I know. Let's um, talk about regulations, baby. Let's okay, talk about regulations. you and me. Uh, Let's talk about some really, really, really bad tariffs and subsidies. A lovely song. I, I, did you just knock that out off I the did, top of your head? Did, did, okay. <laughs> because we're clearly wasted doing this debate. We should spend the, the just knocking out a rap song. Right, really well, we could turn the rest of the debate into a rap battle that. if you want. But the moment that involve us having to do it. Yeah. yeah so there's 109 EU laws governing pillows, but it's okay. Pillows? Yeah, only five governing pillowcases. So, <laughs> that's a great fact yeah 31 for toothpaste no toothbrush uh, 42 for toothpaste 91 for showers 118 regulations governing shampoo 454 regarding towels only 52 regarding toasters but 1246 regarding bread <laughs> 1246 what are they uh, I have no idea. I kind of want to see examples of these laws. Six hundred twenty-five I mean, 
five yeah. regarding coffee, twelve thousand six hundred and fifty-three regarding milk, and yeah, you right. know this is pretty bad. Like how? Where, I mean, how's this? When did this get out of hand? Like, who thought this was a good idea? Is this not just jobs for the the boys? You know, getting people to draft up these regulations. But what bothers me is not just that; it's the cost of compliance for small and medium businesses who can't afford the accountants and the lawyers to, to you know, with to deal trade. with European trade. And this is just basically a handoff to the big corporations. Well, you know, okay, it, for a start, even if we vote to leave, the EU isn't going anywhere. It will still have all those regulations. And the EU is our major trading partner. We'd, like the UK economy okay, that's a good cannot point. survive without but the EU no, being around. No, actually, we we it's but good for only, us because we six, won't have something to, like six percent. Six percent of UK businesses actually it, trade with the down. EU, but uh, the it's, rest of the businesses who don't really trade with the EU still have to comply with EU law, even though they're not trading with the EU. That's true, but a huge number of the businesses in the UK don't trade in general. I mean, that's an almost meaningless statistic. If you're a restaurant, how much trading do you do with the EU? Okay, I'm not sure, but I rec- I'm, I'm, I'm taking it that it's 6% of businesses that do trade, okay. trade with the EU. Possibly. And admittedly they have, the other thing I would say about those regulations, incidentally, is a law is only good as good as people willing to obey it. You can come up with all the pointless laws you want. If nobody does it, then it doesn't really matter. But the thing is, you could be in breach of a law at any point. You know, there was this... Uh, I'm pretty sure I've broken, like, three laws today already. That's true. Everyone, Everyone's breaking laws without realising it because there's so many damn laws. You know, there used to be this joke uh, about in the Soviet Union, you know, oh, I came... With three people are in a pre- uh, prison, and one's like, well, I came to work early and I was accused of brown nosing. Someone comes late, I was I was uh, accused of malingering. Well, I was right on time and I was accused of something else and they're, they're all in prison. And it's kind of like that with the uh, antitrust laws, you know, hmm. one entrepreneur is in, in, um, in jail for putting his prices below market price and accused of predatory pricing. One's a uh, putting it above market price and accused of profiteering and one's uh, putting it at the market level exactly and accused of collusion with other corporations. Now, the problem is... I'd be highly surprised if there's an EU law against collusion. Is that not what the point is in the EU? It's basically like collusion the thing. But the point is they don't need to bring you up for breaking the law until they've got a reason to want to. So... You could be breaking the law for years and then the right person, the right competitor bribes the right governor and then they go, yeah, we're going to bust that person. And suddenly they go, oh, you've been breaking the law for seven years. Off to jail with you or we're fining your business. The point is they need everyone to be breaking the law at all times just in case they ever want to bust anyone for anything at any time for any reason. Well, that's kind of the point of having 12 million regulations. Um, I do. Yeah, I, it's a definitely it's a bureaucracy, and it's there for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Look, I can understand the the problem with that completely. The issue is, I do actually quite like having the EU court around just in case I ever need to sue my own government. I don't really get many other options to do that. If the UN court was an actual thing that worked, then yeah, that's fine. Don't need it anymore. But as it stands, if the government wrongs me, the only port of call I have, the only thing I can do to defend myself 
is call them up against the EU Commission. Without the EU there, it hands too much power to the UK government, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so yeah, the regulations are annoying and totally think something should be done about that. But at the same time, the organisation that they're part of, I quite like being around because it forces the government to have a bit of accountability for what it's doing to its citizenry. Citizenry? But isn't, isn't the government... Uh, yeah, that's word, uh, but isn't the government at least meant to be accountable by the electorate in terms of if it's not doing what it's supposed to do, you, you put it out of government, you, know, you vote it out. Now, yeah. I know that's problematic, even for myself as a, as a libertarian, I'm saying that and I kind of see the, the, the problem even as I'm saying yeah. it. Um, but I don't know that the solution is to go, well, we, we can't seem to solve this problem for ourselves, so we'll go over, we'll, we'll have this other government that's over in the EU and, and they'll, they'll not be like our government, they'll, they'll be trustworthy. And I can't, I can't see that, at least maybe at the moment, but I can't see that in the end that that, that government being even bigger, even more bloated, even less accountable in terms of an electorate, um, I don't see that they'd be any more trustworthy or any more just than their own in the end. In fact, it seems to me that it could be the, the quite the opposite. I can see that argument as well. I do understand. The only thing I've got for that one is, so far in practice, the Human Rights Commission has been quite fair a lot of the time. It's been an okay thing to call people up against. Um, in the long run, yeah, it could go badly, I will admit. The other thing I will say is that the EU being the size it is actually reduces its power. I mean, I know it's big and sprawling and stuff like that, but it's also so detached from the average day-to-day -day life of the citizenry that half the shit it says doesn't actually matter. Um, it's really only there as a government of governments, uh, yeah. which I'm okay with. I'm okay with them having some level of control. They need reined in by something. In theory, democratically, yeah, I should be able to vote them out, but... Yeah, lots of things work in theory, but ultimately, what are we not? What what it seems that you're kind of saying is ultimately, why would we have any need whatsoever to elect our own governments if they are just really there to administrate law that supersedes them and governance that supersedes them from from Europe? Well, that's not all they do. There's a lot of internal laws that the government has complete control over without Europe actually doing anything about most of like things like the NHS for now I guess because TTIP is a whole thing incidentally if they get really into TTIP then I'm joining the Brexit camp um, okay because that's mental it's just they did I can't think anybody say a little bit about TTIP for any viewers or listeners that don't know what it is yeah I suppose that's fair um, what's it what's the actual name it's the transatlantic trade what does the IP part stand for actually Transatlantic um, Trans Trans Trade and Investment Partnership, the latest Brussels sellout. FOI requests show Brussels as that doesn't even make sense. As <laughs> concluding secret negotiations, secret negotiations. Oh God, it with makes the it sound so Illuminati-ish. It's not to, a secret. They're televised. They're to just remove boring. restraints on US and EU companies. These will be legally binding on the UK, but we are shut out of the negotiations. Um, Block a so, Tita, basically, it's it's the EU getting together with the United States and making laws, uh, trade laws. Um, that Is kind it making of, laws? Because this seems to think that they're going to be removing 
deregulating. Yeah, they're not deregulating. If they were deregulating, I'm kind of okay. That's a completely yeah. different argument because that's not what they're doing. Um, what TTIP is basically, it's corporatist. It right. removes the ability for competition and hands a huge amount of power to private corporations that are propped up by the state okay. for some bizarre reason because... You know, public-private partnership. Well, somebody's a idea. Well, somebody's <laughs> some. Well, it's the worst of both worlds. But yeah. so, somebody has clearly lobbied hard and spent a lot of money getting this to get this trade agreement on the table. Yeah. Um, whether and it looks as if it might go through. It's possible that end. it will go through. And I think this is why Barack Obama. Uh, was so keen for Britain to remain in Europe because they kind of see Britain as their player at the table. Yeah, it's an inside man. I think he yeah. used the phrase inside man at one point. Yeah. Um, now, I can understand, from the US's point of view, I totally understand why it'd be beneficial for them to have the UK remain in Europe. But I, I, I don't care what the US thinks about that. I also okay. don't care what penguins think about whether we should remain in Europe okay, or not. Okay, so it's not a factor for you. Not really, not what the US considers anyway. Um, also, well, TTIP, to be honest, the people lobbying for it have enough money, have enough power, know enough guys to get anybody to pass it, probably. Um, the fact that the EU is resisting it even slightly is kind of good. Uh, I don't, I have no doubt in my mind that the UK government would immediately just be like, yeah, all right, we'll do that, that's fine, for some reason. I don't know, bribery is a powerful tool. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about people that have managed to lobby governments to keep themselves the top of the competition, not for any valid reason other than just being protected by whatever parent state they're happening to operate in. Uh, I don't think TTIP is a unique symptom of the EU. I think it's a symptom of public-private partnership in general. But the bigger the government, the bigger the potential for those kinds of abuses you know, if it's a small local government, yeah, you can bribe the government and you can get some some preferential regulations passed and some monopolies in that geographical area. But now you're talking about the whole economy of the European Union when these corporate policies come through. And that's worse. You know, that's worse. Yeah, I do see that, admittedly. Um, I think my issue with that one is that the EU, as it stands doesn't have that much power in that kind of sphere. Right. Uh, it's not strong enough. And as you said, 20, 30 years down the line, yeah, maybe it could go the other way. It could, you know, get weirdly empire-y for a bit. Oh, that sounds like I meant Star Wars there. Yeah. Well, or I mean, there's the Noam Chomsky argument, which I don't really... I don't really agree with, but I can see the argument where he's like, well, the reason that the, you know, the Republicans hate the federal government is because a big government can stand up to corporations, whereas, you know, the state government might be too small. I don't think that's actually in practice the case. I think the bigger the government, the bigger the incentive is to bribe the government and take over the government. But the bigger the bribe has to be. Yeah, the bigger the bribe has to be. But... You know, the, the payoff's big enough to justify the bribe. I mean, supposing you're getting 200 million a year, you're, you're talking about getting 200 million a year from the federal government, you can well afford, you know, a billion dollars or two billion dollars or because you're going to make that money back in short order. In fact, I think there was some statistic um, from the Sunlight Foundation um, that the 500 most politically active corporations made 
$172 for each dollar they spent lobbying over a period. Now, if you can make that much money from lobbying rather than serving your customers, then the government is your customer. You're not really interested in making better products. Now, I know I'm using the US as an example, but this starts to come into play when we have a government as big as the European Union, where corporations are going to stop serving their customers and st- and the, the state is going to become their client. Well, yeah, that's essentially accurate. Um, uh, I just, I don't see how, I, I still don't see how that's a symptom uniquely of the EU. Uh, that happens with the British government, it happens with local councils, it happens across the board. I mean, yeah, so the what you're the saying is we should abolish government. It's not what I said, no. I, my own opinions on this are a totally different thing that I'm well willing to do in a different podcast. Right. Um, my own sort of socialist libertarian stance. But, yeah, that that's a whole other discussion okay. for another day. Well, can I ask, um, just because I'm, I'm going to have to, to wind my part of this up mm. pretty shortly, but... Do we, can we could maybe have a go at here what, what we think's going to happen? I mean, I... Despite the the Leave campaign's enthusiasm uh, and their their kind of upbeat outlook, I'm not so convinced. I think it might go the way of Remain. Unfortunately, unfortunately for me. But, but even not. but even if it does go the way of Leave, call me Nostra fucking Damas. But I just think they'll do what they did with um, with, with 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 sort of Portugal, yeah, Portugal and Ireland, and just say. That wasn't the answer we were looking for. Do it yeah. again. <laughs> you know. um, yeah, I essentially agree with you. To be honest, uh, the way I see it, well, well, from sort of general history, for a start, ninety percent of referendums go to the status quo. It's very rare for a referendum to vote to actually change anything. Um, don't know why it's so uncommon. It just is. What, what would uh, you do if the if the question if it was if you were being asked to join right if, if at this moment in time instead of it would be remain or leave. The question was stay out or join. Ooh, what, do you, what would you be inclined to do, do you think, if it was that way? If we were being asked at this stage to actually join the EEC, knowing what we know about it now? You know, oh, I, I did just complain about people using this argument, but Norway. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, basically, I'd go for a half-in, half-out approach, to be honest. It's not horribly different from... <laughs> it's not horribly different from what the UK has at the moment because, well, to be honest, like joining the Euro, stupid idea. Don't join the Euro. Bad plan. Um, I, I think, to be honest, if there was like a Devo Max option on this vote, if there was a, can we lose some of the EU stuff but still, you know, keep yeah, the open borders thing, keep the human rights court. Isn't that kind of what Cameron tried to do recently? He tried- a bit. Yeah, they're not going to let us. That's not the point. Yeah, right, okay. But if it was a question of can we join, that's what I would go for. As a possibility, um, right. it's not an option right now, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, I suppose we could leave then ask for that, but to, I'm with you. I kind of see it. If it votes leave, I, I see the EU being like, "Yeah, nah, sorry, I'm not <laughs> into again. it." Yeah, sorry. So, so we each maybe um, make our our final statements, and you can you can have the last words. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay with that. What's your okay? Well. <laughs> Well, look, it's 
I think this, regardless of how boring the debate's been, and how, <laughs> I don't mean our debate, our debate's been fantastic, obviously. Yeah, but this but, is uh, by the, far the, the best yeah, media yeah, about <laughs> Brexit so far. <laughs> the general uh, public uh, debate has been pretty, uh, has been pretty low-browed. Um, but regardless of that, I think this is an extremely important decision. It's possibly the, the, the biggest decision, most important decision we've made, we're going to make politically. Um, for the next, for, for the since the last uh, uh, decision to join the common market, and I think it's too important for people not to get involved in. I mean, I, oh, think, I completely agree there. I, I mean, it's too late now. If people, if, if people can't vote already, then they can't vote. But if you, if you are able to vote, I think you should be doing it. And for me, it's got to be out because I think it's the consistent position with somebody who believes in independence. I believe in, I believe in my. I value my own personal sovereignty. I value my own personal freedom, and that kind of translates into my national sovereignty. So, and the closer I can bring the government to myself, then the easier it is to get a hold of somebody by the throat and say, you know, this <laughs> this has got to change. So, so look them in the eye while you're taking them down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, basically. And I think for for me, it's you know today Brussels. Tomorrow, Westminster, and eventually Holyrood as well. Let's get people independent from Holyrood and 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 stop Holyrood interfering in people's lives. I don't like the fact that the EU interferes in people's lives. I don't like the fact. I don't like anybody interfering in my life. I like to do what I do, and I think it's probably good to do as a as a, as a nation. I think we can do it. I think certainly the UK can can go it alone uh, within the EU, where we have massive trading partners all over the world. We would be able to trade with countries that we at the moment cannot uh, trade uh, freely and properly with because of EU regulations, I think we can do better outside than in. I think it's an an expensive club that we don't need. And I think also in terms of liberty, I think the EU is a liberal. I think we have quite a unique history when you look at it in Europe in terms of personal freedoms and liberty that we take for granted in this country. Oh, certainly, yeah. You know, you don't have to identify yourself to a policeman here. They have to identify themselves to you. That's the opposite way on the continent. And, you know, in terms of uh, trial by jury being entitled to that, uh, habeas corpus... All sorts of things that we take for granted here that people don't get in in in, in, in continental Europe. Uh, the idea that you're innocent until proven guilty, in a lot of European countries, you're practically guilty until you can prove your innocence. And I do not wish for that. Most of our law, or the good stuff that we have, is based on common law, and I think it's unique and pretty decent. And I think we should be trying to enforce the common law that we have rather than bringing in more legislation and acts and statutes that we don't need. The more laws that a nation has, I think, the more inherently corrupt that it is. So for me, it's just it's a matter of liberty. And I think it's it's better if we if we get the government closer to you. If you can bring the government right down face to face with you on street level, that's better. So for me, it's definitely out. I don't think it's going to. Be, I don't think it's going to go that way, unfortunately. But that's the way I want it to go. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, I think we'll, we'll push, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, with most of it, okay. or all of it, I think for me, it's you know we're paying nineteen billion a year to be in this, as you put it, expensive club. That's about two percent of income tax. I'm not for government spending, but I think I would rather our nation spent that money 
here uh, and figured out how to allocate it on a more on a more local level if that's what it's going to do or just gave people a two percent cut in income tax i think when you've got the government paying to send a leaflet out to everyone's house using our tax money why didn't they just email us incidentally I never but got that. It would go in everybody's so junk cheaper. mail. It would go in yeah. most people's bin, to be it fair. It did, it did. But how are they allowed to do that? Is the government not meant to re- represent the people? Why are they using our tax money to tell us how we should vote? I think that's corrupt. I think it's corrupt the EU buying influence with our money, and um, buying up academics, giving them grants so that they'll support the EU. Uh, buying up the BBC, the, the, the London School of Economics, buying up the unions, all to support the, uh, support the, the Leave camp, uh, sorry, the, the Remain campaign. They're using money that's appropriated by taxes to basically bribe people into wanting to remain in the EU. And I think that's corrupt. And I don't trust the people allocating other people's money you know uh, I don't trust them and I don't like them bribing people with other people's money to remain part of this so as Duncan as Duncan Ballantyne said I'm out <laughs> <laughs> a nice Dragon's Den reference um, I'm going to start by saying I've enjoyed the quality of debate here it's I been really it's good, good. Yeah. Um, as I said before this is by far the most informative thing about Brexit that's been released uh, not a high bar by <laughs> any means, but still, yeah, uh, I completely agree with Tam. You should get involved if you're registered to vote. Go do it. Just, just do the thing because you know the more people that do it, then the more, in theory, representative it actually is. If like yeah. eight people vote, they're still going to make a decision based on those eight people, yeah. which is a bit worrying. So you know, it takes twenty minutes. Just go do it. Um, for me, uh, the reason I'm behind the stay campaign. I would like it to be ideological, I really would. I would love to have strong feelings about this one the way I did about the independence referendum, uh, the way I have done in previous debates. This one impurely comes down to convenience for me. Um, okay, I think that's what it is for most yeah, Remainers. I think, yeah, to be fair, I don't think there's many people on the Remain side that are strongly in favour of the existence of the EU. I think the EU I've as it stands... On, I've seen them on Facebook. Well, I suppose. Um, the EU as it stands as an institution, yeah, it's corrupt. So is our own government. So is Tesco's. Lots of things are corrupt. There's stuff you can do about that. Leaving, it's not going to stop it being a thing. Still going to be there. Still going to be corrupt. Still going to have a big problem with our economy because it is a major trading partner. I think the existence of the Human Rights Court so I can hold my government accountable to somebody is good, at least for now. If this question gets asked again in 10 years, I could well have changed my mind. If it gets asked in five years, you I could might well not have get the chance mind. again. No. Quite possibly, yeah. I might not, but I might. It's impossible to tell. Chaos theory kind of denies me knowing that far in the future. Um, I think it's unlikely we're going to pick to leave anyway, or we'll even be allowed to. But the open borders thing, the human rights core, some of the labour laws that have been in place, basically there are parts of the EU that do support human liberty, that do exist. Not all of it, and it's a mutable organisation, it does change, but as it stands now, I'd rather it was there than it wasn't because the choice I'm being forced to make is between a UK involved in the EU where the UK government is held accountable to somebody or just having the UK government to deal with. 
and from my experience of the UK government, from most of the history about the UK government, the UK government going it alone is not the best thing. It doesn't often behave itself the way it's been going recently, even less so. We are like the least democratic, democratic country in the world. Uh, genuinely, watch how our voting system works. It's insane. I mean, what, 38% of the vote, 58% of the seats? Great plan. Um, so yeah, having things that curtail that power a wee bit, for me, is enough of a reason to stay. Um, I know it's handing extra powers over to a different body that I maybe don't have that much of a reason to trust more other than it seems to behave slightly better. That's the whole of my argument, is that the EU government isn't as weird as the UK one a lot of the time. Uh, that's all of why I'm voting to stay. Well, that and open borders. I like immigration. It's useful. Also, I don't have to pay for visas, which is nice. It saves me money. I mean, what, it costs me, what, was it £2 a year or something to stay in the EU per person? I can't remember I the statistic. A lot more than that. It's several thousand. Can, can I offer a, can I offer a solution here? I know you're, you've still well, got the like last word. One. Why don't we just make it that if you want to join the EU, you can. And if as you don't want to join the EU, as an individual. individual. Right, yeah. That so, would be awesome. Right, so you could get your red passport, I could get my blue passport, and when when I'm queuing up at you know, the airport in Portugal from a holiday, you can wave, wave it through and, yeah, <laughs> and laugh at me as you, know, as, as you walk on through. You'll get all the benefits. <laughs> And you'll also have to pay your your your, your subs, you know, your, your extra taxes. I won't have to pay the extra taxes and the subs, but I won't get any of the benefits. But I won't also be subject to its laws. So I, I'm I'm okay with that. If that was a question, yeah, fair enough. You guys leave, I'll stay. That'll be all right. Um, it'd be I great bet, if the EU was an individual organisation. I bet in that circumstance you'd leave, though. Maybe it would be a completely different question. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If it's good enough, then if it's good enough, then you don't have to force anyone to buy it. I guess that's a libertarian principle. But yeah, I mean, my, my vote at the end of the day, if I want to leave, that shouldn't force you to live with the consequences of my decision. And if you want to remain, that shouldn't force me to live yeah. with the consequences of your decision. No, I do agree on that front, but it would be nice if that was the question anything. being asked. I would love that. That would be good. It's not, though, really, is it? <laughs> no. Um, we've unfortunately got to decide collectively, so you've got to live with my mistakes and vice versa. Uh, it's a shame. Yeah. And the people at home will decide. Well, thank you very much for watching, if you've been watching on YouTube or listening, if you're on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, let us know what you think. I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, please share it on your Facebook wall and uh, annoy people whenever they're debating on Facebook by saying, check out this video, <laughs> uh, because I think we've actually done something really cool here. Subscribe, because we're going to put out more good stuff, and just uh, thanks to, to Finn uh, for coming on the oh, show no problem. and debating with us. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, cool. So, be libertarians. Don't be a lefty or a righty. Well, I need extra savings. <laughs> Good. Excellent sign off.